Amen. We thank you, praise team, for leading us in that great song, for that great encouragement based on the truth of God's Word. And I just want to remind us, before we open God's Word together this morning, uh, let's take advantage of something that God has given us when he took our sins away the moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ. The great gift of being able to pray. And what our country needs right now, what our world needs right now more than anything else is the body of Christ to pray that his work and his will will be done through this terrible crisis, this, this, these terrible tragedies that are happening all around the world, that God will use them in his way to accomplish his will. So let's bow together in prayer and use this gift that God has given us and pray for our country and for our world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift that you've given us in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can pray directly to you through the mediation, the mediator, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so as we pray this morning, we lift up to you uh, your church around the world and around our country and pray that all of us would be using this gift, that we would all be praying, that we would all be uh, encouraging um, those around us to, to look to you, to put their faith in you. Father, we pray that you would bring many to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, through this crisis. As many um, are are becoming ill or many even dying of the virus, we pray that you would remind everybody in the world that life is brief and that we need to make sure that we are taking care of eternal things by putting our trust in Jesus Christ, your Son. And Father, we pray for those who are serving in special ways during this time, especially our doctors and our nurses and our technicians in hospitals, They're giving care both here in the States and around the world. We pray your protection on them. And we pray that you would work in their lives and draw them closer to you or bring them to faith in Christ as they see the devastation of this this virus um, on the human body. Remind them that even with their great knowledge and, and, and with their great service, that life is brief and it's out of our control many times. We also pray for our president and for our governor and for those local authorities who are making important decisions for our health and for our well-being during these days. Give them wisdom. Help them to listen to the right people. And help them also to recognize that this is a time for us to bow down before you and to ask your blessing, to ask for your help, that we as a people, as a a nation, and that nations around the world would turn to you for help uh, during this time of crisis. And so we thank you for the part that we can play in the individual's lives through our own conversation, but but even the lives of people all around the world through this special gift of prayer. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray with thanksgiving because of the great privilege that you've given us to enter right into your throne room. Amen. Now, if you take your Bibles and turn in the New Testament to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to start the reading from verse 3 this morning, as we, as we try to discover the answer to the question that has been asked of so many of us and to so many of us, what is God doing through this crisis? What is he doing through the spread of the coronavirus and all the things that are happening because of that? First Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 3. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What is God up to? What is he doing through this worldwide crisis? Well, we've been seeing all kinds of, of small things. Um, lots of us have been experiencing new blessings within our family's confinement to the house. For example, I was, um, I was sharing with, uh, with Sherry uh, just the other day. I said to her, it is so great to be in quarantine with somebody that I enjoy being with so much. And she said, must be nice. Now... I'm just kidding. That was, that was one of the many little jokes that we've been seeing on Facebook and all those kind of things. Some of you saw the other one where the, where's the face of a man. And he's, he's being talked to by, by somebody who said, now, because of the coronavirus, um, you're going to be quarantined, but, but you, have, you have two options. You have option A, you can be quarantined with your wife and children, or B, and he said B. Um, again, some funny things happening uh, because of these these things, but also great things happening within family relationships and challenging things happening within family relationships, and we'll we'll get to that in just a moment. There's also you know been a been a, a different effect of time, you know, times different when you're not going to work as normal when you're working from home or or not working or or no school and all those kind of things. I know in uh, in my daughter's neighborhood over in Buford. I, I think it's at 6 o'clock p.m. Everybody's supposed to put up their, their, uh, their stuffed animals into windows because as the families are taking their evening walks, the, the children are able to, to kind of go on a safari hunt looking for the different animals, and then they report back on their Facebook page and, and all those kind of things. So at 6 o'clock, I know at 8 o'clock in the city of Atlanta, everybody's supposed to yell out their windows and off their balconies and things like that just to remind everybody that, that they're all still there. And then, of course, there's the 9 o'clock um, time period that I think all of us have heard about, and that is that's when you change from your day pajamas to your night pajamas at 9 o'clock p.m. 
All different kinds of things are happening during this time. But what is it that God is doing? What, 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 is, he, what is he telling us? What is he showing us? Is it, is it a time of, of judgment for particular sins? Is it, you know, what is it? And I want to uh, just share with you some thoughts from God's word. First of all, from the passage that Mark read from Luke chapter 21. I don't know if you heard that word in the middle of that discourse that Jesus was giving, but he used the word pestilences as one of the things that was going to happen before the end of the world, before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many things were going to happen, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilences. Well, I think that the coronavirus fits the definition of pestilence. It's something that affects many, many people. It's, it's, a, it's an invisible, as our president has said many times, it's an invisible enemy. We can't see it with our naked eye. But it's, but it's affecting people not only in our own community, not only in our own country, but people all around the world. These are some of the things that are happening that Jesus said were going to happen before his return. Now, these things have been happening. This isn't the first pestilence. Ever since Jesus said that, those kinds of things have been happening. Now, we can see it more readily now because of the information age that we live in, in in the video age that we live in. We're seeing all the different things that are happening around the world, whereas before they didn't recognize it was happening everywhere at once. Now we get a chance to see that. But he very clearly says that these things are happening as as a warning to us to get us ready for his return. And so as believers and unbelievers alike, we should lift our heads up, we should pay attention to what's going on, and to recognize Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, that it was going to be happening like this, and that these things are going to happen before he returns. So let's be ready for his return. Unbelievers, get ready for his return by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. That's what these things should be showing you. Now, this is also a a time of judgment. Jesus says this is a time of punishment that happens before the return of his, before his second coming. And so we need to recognize that. Yesterday I was was digging um, briars out of the area where I have my forsythia in our yard. And my granddaughter was watching me. He said, what are you doing, Grandpa? I said, well, I'm trying to dig these these briars out while I can still tell the difference between them and the forsythia because the forsythia is nice, nice and blooming yellow blooms and my briars are bright green and so I can tell the difference right now. So I'm digging them out. And I remind her, whenever we have to dig out stuff like this out of our gardens, we need to remember that this reminds us that we've sinned against God. Because God sent the briars and the weeds and all those things that make it difficult to make our place look good or to raise good food. It's difficult because Adam and Eve, the first people, sinned against God. And he said, because of that, it's going to be hard to raise crops. It's going to be hard to to have flowers look nice or to grass to look nice in your yard. It's going to be hard because I want you to remember that you've sinned against me. And so... This is a time when we remember that we've sinned against God. A lot of people are dying. Does that mean that they're worse sinners than the people who aren't dying? No. No, it's not. 
but it's a reminder to all of us that the wages of sin is death. That's what God has told us in his word in Romans chapter 6. The wages of sin is death. Physical death, and more important than that, spiritual death, where we would be separated from God for all eternity. So during this time of reminder of God's judgment on sin, this is a time to repent of those sins. Again, if you're an unbeliever, this is a time to admit your sin before God, and to ask him to forgive you as he's promised to through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as he said, for the wages of sin is death, he also says this, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So every single person who puts their trust in Jesus receives that gift of eternal life. And so use this time of crisis. If you haven't believed yet, put your trust in Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Let him forgive you of your sins because of the work that he's done for you on the cross. Let him give you the hope of eternal life, which he guaranteed to us when he rose again from the dead as we celebrate this morning the first day of the week. And now believers, what are these things telling us? Well, it's telling us the same thing. God is telling us the same thing. We need to repent also. We need to, we need to look at the briars that are growing up in our own lives. The things that, that we've allowed um, to take place and to, and to grow in, in our lives and to, and to distract us or to take away the fruitfulness that we have in our lives because we've been focusing on the wrong things, it's important for us to take a self-evaluation as well, that we might repent, uh, that we might turn away from those things that we've allowed uh, to grow up in our lives, whatever they might be. And the Word of God is full of those things, full of those distractions, full of those sins. And so I'd encourage you to continue to spend time in God's Word. But specifically, as believers in Christ, here Peter reminds us that we're supposed to look at difficulties and trials like the one that we're in right now. We're supposed to remember that this is a time for our faith to be tested. And the goal of the test is that our faith may be proved genuine. The kind of faith that produces fruit. The kind of faith that makes a difference in our lives in the lives of those around us, even our communities, as we walk through these trials of various kinds. Now, this isn't the first trial that we as believers have walked through. And we can't even categorize this as a common trial for all of us, even though the coronavirus is kind of at the center of it. It's produced all kinds of other kinds of trials that we're all facing. Some of us are facing illnesses within our families or extended families. Some of us are are facing financial difficulties because of it. Some of us are facing relationship issues because of it. There's all different kinds of trials that are happening at the same time. And we need to recognize as believers that God is using these things as a loving father uses discipline in the lives of his children. He's using it as discipline in our lives. The writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 12 said, Consider hardships discipline from your loving Father. That's what we need to do as we face these trials that we're we're involved in right now. 
to recognize that God is giving us an opportunity to grow in our faith. He knows how to grow us. Just like parents know how to grow their children, know how to give them opportunities and challenges, God is allowing us to go through this, these opportunities, these challenges, to prove our faith in him as a genuine, fruit-bearing kind of faith. And so, as we face it, let's recognize that God wants us to grow. He doesn't want, to, want us to be stifled through this. He doesn't want us to, to turn against him and say, what are you doing? Why are you allowing these things to happen? He wants us as mature children to say, thank you for being an all-knowing, all-wise God, great loving Father who knows exactly what I need, what we need as a family to grow in our faith. To, to recognize that you have everything in your control and that I don't have to worry. I just need to look for ways that I can use this crisis, this trial, to grow in my faith and to serve you even as I serve others. And some people think, well, how do we serve others you know, during, this, during this crisis? We're not, we're not allowed to touch them. We're not allowed to, to be near them. Well, as, as we mentioned earlier in the service, one of the greatest ways that we have right now to serve others is to take advantage of who we are in Jesus Christ, to take advantage of the relationship that we have through him, and to pray for those around us. Pray for neighbors that you're not allowed to visit right now, even though in certain ways you'd want to reach out to them in, in a special way. Pray for them. Pray that God will open up their eyes if they don't know Christ, that he'll open their eyes during this time of crisis to recognize that there is hope in Jesus Christ. In the United States, most of us have heard about Jesus. Certainly those of us uh, who are are worshiping together this morning have have certainly um, heard of Jesus. But most of our neighbors, even if they come from other countries and from other cultures, they have mostly heard about Jesus. Let's pray for them. That, that they will think about what they've heard about Jesus Christ and consider him during this time of crisis. Let God grow our faith as we pray for them because our turning to God in prayer is a great statement of our genuine faith in him. Yes, we're discouraged. Yes, we're disappointed. Yes, we're confused. But as believers in Jesus Christ, as people possessing genuine faith, we continue to bow humbly before him and to lift up the needs of others even as we walk through this difficult time ourselves. A great expression of genuine faith in him. Another way that we can grow in our faith without being able to have much contact with others is to Deal with the the aspect and issue of anxiety that all of us are dealing with in a new and fresh way to a a heightened degree right now. To remember as we pray for others, to also pray for ourselves. Lord, help me to trust in you just like you instructed me to when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. And said, consider the lilies or the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. 
They're not running around, as, as, he, as he mentioned before, like the Gentiles, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what they're going to wear or what they're going to eat. But I take care of them. He says, don't I love you even more than that? And he says that to remind us that he is going to take care of us. He has a plan for each one of us, and we can trust him even if that plan involves difficulty. And sometimes we say, but I'm, I'm tired of difficulty. I want, I want a different path. That's when we, again, look to God's word and recognize this is not an unusual thing that's, that we're going through. Oh, it might be unusual in terms of the, the name of the virus and the scope of the virus. But it's not unusual for Christians to go through difficulties. It's not unusual for Christians to go through trials. It's a normal part of God's plan for our lives to grow us into the people that he wants us to be as we look forward to the goal of our faith, as he describes it here, the salvation of our souls. We are looking toward glory, as we were singing about it this morning. We are looking forward to being in the presence of the Lord for eternity, and this time on earth right now is a preparation for that time. This isn't the great moment that we're expecting that we're looking forward to. Oh, we have great moments, and we share them together often. But this is not the great, great moment that we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to that day when we enter into that land of glory that we were singing about. And everything that we're doing right now and everything that we're going through right now can be, if we'll allow him to do it, can be used to grow us in our faith. Now, some of us, when we were growing up, and maybe as we are growing up now, because I know a lot of different age groups are listening right now, some of us, when we were growing up, we were that rebellious teenager. And everything that our parents said, we did the opposite. And we, were, and we look back to those days as very difficult, trying, hard times. Then there were others that grew up being compliant with their parents. And sometimes there was a, a rebellious teen in the same house as a compliant teen. And those two teens had completely different experiences through those teenage years. One of them looks back at those experiences and say, boy, that was a great time. I loved, I loved growing up. I loved, you know, my family life and everything else. And the other says, oh, it was awful. It was the worst. I'd, I would never want to go back to that. I want to tell you, folks, all of us, if we'll be that compliant child of God, all of us can find great joy, as he describes it here, an inexpressible joy, even through trials, if we will allow him to do what he wants to do in us, and we will cooperate with him and we'll give him thanks for it. Oh, lots of us have gone back to our parents and said, hey, thank you, I didn't understand things when, when you were doing it. I didn't understand it. I was, I was really upset about it. But now as I look back, you were, you were smarter than I thought. You know, we, we might do that as we look back. We can do that now as mature believers in Jesus. We can say right now, even while we're going through the difficulty, thank you, God, for taking me through this. I know you know what you're doing. Even though I can't figure it out, I have your promises to remind me that you work everything out for good for all of us who love you and who are called according 
to your purpose. That's found in Romans 8, 28. What a great promise that he gives us even when we're going through difficulties. And I'm not talking about just minor things. I'm talking about the extreme difficulties of, of times like now when people are not only ill but also dying. God will use all of it for those of us who love him, who are called according to his purpose. He will use it all to conform us to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his goal for us during this time of preparation as we get ready to enter into glory, whenever that might be. Now, certainly we don't want it to be today for any of us um, because of this virus. But if it is, we don't have to be afraid of that. Because the moment those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ leave this world, breathe our last breath, we enter into the presence of Christ. And we will never be disappointed for any of the things that God did for us and allowed us to go through to grow us in our faith. We will never be disappointed because we will find that he is the faithful father that he has promised himself to be in his word. And so, as people ask you over these next days and weeks, what is God doing? Remind them that he's, he's told us in his word that these kinds of things were going to happen before Jesus comes back and that they have an opportunity to get ready right now by putting their trust in Jesus Christ. Remind them that the wages of sin is death and that all these bad things happen to to all people, not just sinful people, but all people because we're all sinful, that we all go through difficulties because of sin, but that God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, forgives us of our sins and takes away the ultimate consequence of our sins by giving us eternal life. We have that great news to share with them. And with believers, we have the news to share that God will use this difficult time, he promises to, to grow us in our faith, to prove our faith to be genuine, fruit-bearing kind of faith. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the privilege of looking into your word to find the answers to the questions that people around us have, that we ourselves have. That when something this terrible, this disruptive, this confusing, this tragic takes place in such a worldwide way, what are you doing? We thank you for giving us your word to show us what you're doing that you're preparing us for the return of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for any who haven't put their trust in Jesus. Those who are listening right now, those that we know, those that we care about, we pray that you would work in their lives and draw them to faith in Jesus. Give them the gift of eternal life that you've given those of us who have already believed. And Father, for those of us who believe, help us to pass this test or these tests, whatever the case may be. Help us to prove our faith to be genuine by continuing to trusting in you, by continuing to go to your word, to find out what you say and agreeing with every bit of it. Help us to trust you to know what you're doing, 
You've shown us throughout history that you know what you're doing. Father, we know that you're going to show us now. And we thank you for being such a faithful and trustworthy God and for providing us a Savior like Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.